Hey girl, guess what? It's day nine of the Esther Bible reading challenge. For the past nine days, straight, right? Straight. We have been in the book of Esther seeking God's voice concerning the anointing he has placed on our lives or the lives of women that we know. I'm super excited. You already know what we're doing. We're reading chapter nine today. So let's get into it and nothing else needs to be said, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so customary to what we've been doing, we are going to Esther chapter nine. I'm reading from the NIV. So, on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Verse 4. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces and he became more and more powerful. The Jews, uh, excuse me, the Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them. And they did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. They also killed, y'all don't judge me on how I pronounce these names. Parshandatha, Dalphon, Aspatha, Paratha, Adelia, or Adalia, Aradatha, Parmashatha, Arsai, Aradai, and Basatha. Verse 10. These ten sons of Haman, son of Hamdatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those killed in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The king said to Queen Esther, run it back. The king said to Queen Esther, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and the 10 sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? It will also be granted. Verse 13. If it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also and let Haman's ten sons be impaled on poles. So the king commanded that this be done. An edict was issued in Susa and they impaled the ten sons of Haman. Verse 15, the Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces 
also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, or Adar, excuse me. And on the 14th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. Verse 18. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observed the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. Purim established. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar. As the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy, and their mourning into a day of celebration, he wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun, doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the purr. This is the lot for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head and that he and his sons should be impaled on poles. Verse 26. Therefore, these days were called Purim for the word pur or pure because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them. The Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should fail, uh, should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. Verse 28. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation by every family and in every province in every city. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants. So Queen Esther, daughter of Abihel, along with Mordecai, the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of Xerxes' kingdom, words of goodwill and assurance, to establish these days of Purim at their designated times, as Mordecai, the Jew, and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regard to their times of fasting and lamentation. Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim, and it was written down in records. So I need to know, did y'all know that chapter nine was this good? Like, I, um, as I was reading it, I was just like, okay, this is good. This is deep. This is juicy. So firstly, um, plunder was not, I read chapter nine in the easy to read version. And then I 
read it in the NIV. So plunder, uh, I didn't know what it meant, but it was basically saying that the Jews, um, you know, killed these people because they were against them. They were their enemies, but they never stole their possessions. They never stole their uh, property or their things. So um, that was something I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That takes a lot. Um, so honey, let's talk about Miss Queen, Miss Girl, Miss Queen Esther. The same woman who was afraid of dying because she was going to go in front of the king without being called for is the same woman in chapter nine who has the king's ear, honey. She got the king's ear. I said, you better go, Esther. You better let him know. You better give him your request and your, y'all, my voice is awful. You better give him your uh, request and petition, period. And she did. And that's exactly he I love how he came to her and he said, so what is your you know, he, he asking her, what does she want to do? Talk about a transfer. Talk about the Lord's influence. Talk about uh, an anointing. Talk about God giving you the establishment, you being established. OK. Ooh, that just blessed me. Like, it's a miracle. And we know and we see that anything done by God or anyone um, called by God, he will also establish them. You know, and it, it, it is through a process. And we saw Esther's steps. And so to see her in chapter nine and the king coming to her, honey, and he asking her, what, what should we do? Because they've killed five. The Jews have killed, you know, this many men in Susa alone. So, and she says, well, tell them, let them do it tomorrow too. And he's like, okay, do it tomorrow. That's, that's much more than influence. That's God. That's God. That is God. But you know something that really um, the Holy Spirit just really taught me and helped me to see. Because I'll be honest, excuse me. When I was reading chapter 9, I was like, God, I'm not sure I'm understanding. I'm not sure I'm understanding like what this is about. And why is it going into so much Jew, uh, so much, excuse me, so much detail about the Jews and about their celebration and about, you know, exactly what happened. Like, I'm not really understanding like how this is all connecting. And you could have very well read it and be like, oh, but for me, girl, I was confused. And so it's like, as soon as it left my mouth, it just dropped on me. Like the Holy Spirit just dropped it on me. And he was like, uh, this, this is God keeping his promise. What lengths we see God goes through to keep a promise to his people. This is protection. This is protection. This is... I remember you. This is 
No one will put you to shame. No one will overtake you. This is that. And so it's amazing to me how God will do and intervene on behalf of those he loves. Yes, Esther was called. And yes, she was anointed. God gifted her with favor and anointing over her life so that when she, the very thing that she needed to do was done through her and possibly only could be done through her. Or God chose her to do that, right? Knowing she would be obedient. Mordecai, same thing. All of that. So we know it's about Esther. The whole chapter is named. I mean, the whole book is named after her, Esther. But it it was like this like aha moment for me of like, yeah, this was about Esther, but this was more so about God being who he says he is. Being a promise keeper. And so we get excited and I've been excited, like, ooh, God has called me and, you know, you have an Esther anointing and someone you know has an Esther anointing or I have an Esther anointing. And that's amazing. That's great. God is good. But who has he called you to? And to do what? Right? And what's so amazing to me is that a lot of the latter chapters are about Esther speaking. And so even what we see, thank you, Holy Spirit, even what we see in chapter nine, Esther, he asked, he asked Esther, what does she want to do? And we see her verbally like giving him, this is what should be done. And every single time he's asked her, there was a lot of action too. You know, Esther, you know, needed to fast and pray. Esther, you know, held the banquets, but she also used her words to speak. What words, what declarations under God's name, under the name of Jesus Christ are on your mouth that because God says that he will honor an agreement with you and a promise with you, according to Psalm 111. What words are on your lips that will deliver an enti- a person, a woman, a, a man, a family, your generation, any generation, a group of people, a ministry? Who, <laughs> who is waiting on you? God has chosen. He didn't have to use us. He didn't have to use us. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When, when, when Jesus, everything that we do is through Jesus. Everything we do is because of Jesus. Everything we do, Jesus chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. And so when Jesus uh, um, came down, was an atonement for our sins, died, resurrected, 
now seated at the right hand of the Father, and God says that we're co-heirs with him? So God used Jesus to save man, the son of God who became man to save humanity. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, a friend, an advocate, the spirit of God himself. He's not wanting us to just live for ourselves. We're also like co-heirs in Jesus, co-heirs in the assignment of Christ, the assignment of the kingdom. And that just made so much sense to me, Holy Spirit. Like, that's deep. Who's depending on you? Who's waiting for you? You know, I remember a friend talked to me. This was years ago. This was before the pandemic. I think this may have been 2018. No, not 2018. It was 2019. Or oh, was it 2020? Was it during the pandemic? Ooh, I don't want to lie. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, was it pandemic or pre-pandemic? Okay, it was one of those. Mm, it was one of those. I want to say it was during 2020. But, um, but yeah, I had a friend talk to me and I was so offended at first, which offense is something that I'm personally, God is working on with me. Like, um, I get offended. I used to get offended very easily and just wear my feelings on my shoulder. Um, but I don't know if y'all listen to the No For Sure podcast with B. Simone and, um, uh, is it Megan Ashley? Or is that okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. But um Megan was talking about, I think it's her name. Ooh, Megan was talking about this book that she's reading called The Bait of Satan, and about how, you know, people get into just like their feelings basically about offense and how it can hinder and just delay so much. And it's just not God's will. So anyway. This friend um, whom I really respect a lot, she was telling me, she was like, you have to be consistent. And I'm just sitting there listening. like, And she says it in front of people. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, really? She's like, so I just need to know when you're going to continue. Because they were blessing me. She's talking about the podcast. And in my mind, I'm thinking, girl, I'm not doing that podcast no more. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, or just... And, in that moment, not that apathetic about it, but just like, okay, girl, that's the last thing that's on my mind is a podcast, you know? And what was happening was I was going through so much, like everything about my relationship with God, everything about the relationships around me were being questioned. Like they were on the fire and it was time for me to tell, you know, to really either decide whether I believe who God says he is and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to have a relationship with him or I'm not. Okay. And so that was during the time that she was telling me like, when are you going to be consistent with this podcast? You know, it did. It wasn't until what, two years later and really three years later. And all the while, that I was going through everything that I was going through. I thought that God could not use me. I thought that he couldn't use me. I thought that I was not worthy enough. And that is a lie 
from the pit of hell. You are ready to be used. You just need the strategy from God on how he would like to use you. Do you know how freeing it would have been for me and so many others to just get on this podcast and just read scripture during that time? You know what I'm saying? And how gracious God is to just allow me to do this, even though I disobeyed him for so many years. But when we say God has called us, God has really called us. And there is no, there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves worthy of his calling because it's not us that made us, it's not us that will ever make us worthy. It's Jesus. And so when I look at Esther and she is this woman who had to open her mouth and speak for an entire heritage of people. It's really like heavy. It's shocking. It's heavy. It's a lot. Because since God is choosing to work through you, who's waiting on you? And so we can sit here and delay it ourselves because we love to blame a lot of stuff on the enemy and say he delaying stuff. But honey, a lot of times we delay our own selves too. And we're delaying ourselves because we're choosing not to be, I, I, I don't think it starts off with disobedience. I think it starts off with fear. I think it starts off with a feeling of unworthiness. And when I tell you that is what God has called me to, because I I just believe, I believe lies for so long that I was not worthy to 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 record on this little Amazon microphone and my phone and 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 share the good news of Jesus Christ. You you are worthy because Jesus has made you worthy. And you are ready because Jesus, when Jesus says it's time, he will let you know it's time. And so after all these days that we've been doing this, it is exciting to know that you are called and anointed by God. But I think for me, the Holy Spirit is like, it has to be also equally exciting to be in relationship with me. And it has to be equally exciting that I have called you to a people so that they can also have a relationship with me. And so what do we need to do in our quiet and secret places with God to know what he's calling us to do and allow him to build us up so that we will be ready to speak and to go when he says go and speak? What then? So... I think our prayer for today. Oh, 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 another thing. Um, thank you. The 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 festivals. You know, we talked about yesterday remembering God. The festivals of remembering God, the Jews, every single year, on the twelfth month of what was it, Adar, they celebrate, and it and and even in the scripture it talks about how they celebrate how you know. I haven't seen God's name mentioned in the in this book of Esther yet, have y'all? Okay, but 
uh, we know is him and we see his character. And that's amazing too, because you could just see his character. Like, you know him, he's recognizable. But in the the 12th day of Adar, I think, I don't want to get it wrong, but y'all know what I'm talking about. They celebrate, scripture says how, you know, their mourning and, and lamentation became joy. You know? So just remembering God, remembering him, remembering him and honoring him because he honors us. Hoy. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you are our father. We are so lost, so anxious, so unworthy without you, God. For all things and everything was created through you. Lord, we are so grateful that you created us with a plan, with a purpose. But we're also grateful, God, that you created us to have a relationship with you. That you created us to sit with you and to enjoy your presence. Lord, we always want to enjoy your presence. Lord, we always want to be glad to be with you. Lord, we want to honor you all the days of our lives. We thank you for bringing us and calling us to people so that they too can know you and sit with you and enjoy being with you and feel the void in their lives that are missing. Lord, to think that you have chosen us as a helper to you to reach and seek lost women and men is an honor, God. And it's because of you, Jesus. So we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that leads us and guides us and teaches us about the word and reveals knowledge and wisdom of the Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. Lord, I pray every single woman, every single woman that is listening to this present and future, I just speak an unstoppable, just unstoppable, Lord God, like heart to want to please you. Lord, that we that we seek you always. Lord, I decree and declare that they will have confidence in you. That they will have words like they will just have just like a um Oh, I can't even think of the word, God. Just like a steadfast, like a zeal, a zeal, Lord. Give us a zeal. I decree and declare zeal for us, 
for these women, for myself, a zeal, Lord, a fire that never burns out to share your goodness, to be in your goodness. That it never runs out, God, never. We love you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you that you stand on your word. It never comes back void. And we love you, Lord. And we thank you for giving us the strength these past nine days, Lord. And even after day 10, we promise to make this a habit. To sit in your presence and to be studiers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Girls, tomorrow is day 10. Woo! Okay, if you got me turned up, turn me down. Woo! Go, 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 you, go, you, go, you, go, you. Go, WGTG girls. Go, WGTG girls. Woo! I'm excited if you cannot tell duh. <laughs> but um yes girl tomorrow is day 10 and we would have completed 10 days and we would have oh my gosh 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 I'm so excited just to complete this with you ladies and um yeah I love y'all I'll talk to y'all tomorrow for day 10 love you bye